Well, good morning and welcome to Creative Cafe. This is a presentation of the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. Each week, Creative Cafe provides an inside look at the art scenes of Kalamazoo. And we'll talk to those who are movers and shakers and making a difference in the arts world. Here is your host for Creative Cafe, Kristen Chesnick. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. Good. How are you this morning? I made it into work. I'm happy. Yes, and I made it here. I'm happy. Yes. Yeah, it's a little, just a little slippery. But it's yes. okay. It's yes. December. It's Michigan. Uh, and? You know, it's like, <laughs> well, right. You know, because we've heard some people complaining. I'm like, and how long have you been here? It's Yeah, it's late December. Yeah. yeah I'm really. Yeah, we've been lucky. Very. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to have fun today? We're going to have a great time today. I've got two great guests with us today. Uh, we are going to kick off the program with Harry Phillips. He is the Director of Marketing and Development at the State Theater. And we're celebrating the State Theater this week because um, the building itself just got put on the National Register of Historic Places. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, so we're on Creative Cafe, so the first question we always ask our guests, what is your favorite morning beverage? Uh, I'm fairly boring. It's black coffee, but... um, if it was a weekend and didn't have to go into work, it might be an Irish coffee. Okay, okay. No, I completely understand that. I did a little French vanilla myself this morning. So, good. Nice. Good. All right. So the State Theater is over 90 years old now. Yes, it uh, was uh, opened in 1927. So next year will be our 95th year. Okay. And um, my understanding is that the organization sought this registry so what does that mean for the State Theater? Why did you apply? Obviously, you got accepted. And, and what does it mean uh, Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of backstory with the previous owner where um, there was a, a desire to have the theater listed, and you know he kind of blocked that. And, and the conversations came back up recently, and a lot of that, uh, you know, we owe a lot to um, the Kalamazoo Historic Preservation Commission because they did a lot of work and they did a lot of um, reaching out to us and saying, hey, what do you think about this? But, you know, at the end of the day, I think what we went through over the last, you know, two years of um, being shut down and then having to come up with creative ways to still engage with our community um, and having people come up to us during that time going, oh, are you guys going to stay open? You guys are such a gem. We're so happy you're still here doing things. Mm-hmm. Um, it really validated all of that to um, to be put on the National Registry and to be asked to do it. Um, okay. And, you know, it's a long process. I don't know the whole process because it is very much tied into the government of what they do. But we worked with uh, SHPO and the MEDC uh-huh. um, and got a lot of help. I know uh, Luis Pena here in town and Pam and Sharon um, really helped us, mm-hmm. um, really helped us do it. But to me... It's just one more star on the map for Kalamazoo. You sure. know, that's the thing I love about it is this is this is for the community and this is for Kalamazoo. Mm-hmm. And and actually, in 1985, I believe the the theater was actually slated to be demolished and made into a parking lot. Yeah, it's kind of that cliched song, right? Mm-hmm. The uh, <laughs> the the parking lot song. And when the Hinman Company purchased it, um, there was a huge effort made um, to to bring it back. Mm-hmm. And to save it, there was a huge Save the State campaign, and I was not here in the 80s. But, um, you know, it's that old story of people don't realize until you get to a certain point, we weren't considered historic. It was considered old, right? And everyone <laughs> wanted the new shiny arena and the new shiny venue. And now right. it's like if anyone even uttered the words, we're going to knock it down and put a parking lot in, 
right. um, there'd be an uproar now. And so it validates that. And I think it validates all the hard work um, that the Hinman company put into it in um, restoring it and trying to maintain what it meant to the community. Sure, right? sure. And, and you've been active even through the, I know there was a little bit of a shutdown there with everything uh, with COVID, but um, the state's been very active, uh, highly programmed. So can you talk a little bit about the programming there now? Um, yeah. Um, it was very interesting because obviously none of us, if anybody said they knew this was going to go on for that long, the pandemic and the shutdown, yeah. I, Nostradamus, right? Like we were thinking three weeks, then maybe three months. Um, but as it went on and on, the one thing that we knew was what we've always wanted to be, what our mission statement is, is to provide diverse uh, entertainment to the community and to support the local arts and the local music. And mm -hmm. so um, when we were afforded the opportunity to have some outdoor things, like the outdoor patio, right. and they created the social district, uh, because we were limited to... Uh, based on what we were categorized as 15 people inside the theater so oh clearly goodness. you can't have shows you can't we could barely have our staff in there so when we were afforded the opportunity to move outside we we jumped on that and we started reaching out to local artists who we knew were also impacted because they weren't able to perform at any bars or venues right um and it was one of those ideas that someone threw out in one of our meetings like hey remember that time we had a musician on the marquee so we're like, okay, well, let's see if we can put some musicians on the marquee and see if people will show up, right? right. And it was free. You know, we mm -hmm. opened our patio. We had it for free. Um, we were able to pay the artists. We got some sponsorships. And, like, people, the patio was packed the first night we did it. So we're like, okay, well, let's try it again. And yeah. then let's keep doing it yeah. until people don't show up. Um, and that right there, like I said, it validates all the hard work that everyone put in at the theater. That team's an amazing team over there. And it really validates the, uh, the recognition um, that this is, that's why I say it's for the community. They wanted it. Sure. That's sure. what they want. Jim, I don't know if you were able to go to any of those concerts, but our, our offices are, uh, are right across the street from the State Theater. So somewhere around 5 o'clock I'd be working all of a sudden I'd be hearing music and look out the window and there's a musician on your marquee <laughs> yes. with a whole bunch of people down below, socially distanced, uh, but having just a fantastic time, what what a what a wonderful thing to be able to see in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, yeah, it was wonderful for us. And, and like I said, every week there was someone coming up to me and talking to me about the theater and their story. I think that's the other really cool mm. thing about the, mm -hmm. um, the recognition is that everyone I meet has that story where they remember the first time they were at the theater, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it was a concert or my parents took me here for a movie. Um, it's just amazing. That and people want to share that with you, and to me, that's that's where you know that maybe you have something because it really is about the memories and the experience, right? Mm -hmm. And um, and hopefully, we're bringing more and more people in from other cities and other states to experience that and, and realize what Kalamazoo has—the amazing culture and arts. I mean, just in downtown, when you look around, with the Gilmore and the Symphony and the Kalamazoo State Theater right. and all of that, and the Civic. Um, there's so many wonderful things in downtown Kalamazoo. There is, absolutely. So now with the National Register of Historic Places under your belt, yeah. what is the future of the State Theater? <laughs> um, boy, now I, I'm almost afraid to say what the future could be because <laughs> none of us really know with COVID. But um, yeah. what, what I will say is we're going to continue down this path of what 
what we were building before and what we're trying to do now um, stayed on the street as part of our DNA now, so we have to do it. Oh, People great. will not yeah. let us not do it anymore. Um, but we're going to continue to um, bring in artists and live entertainment. We are working right now on, I can't tell you how many offers we have out, hoping to bring in artists. Sure. Um, for us, what we really want to do is represent what the community wants. So mm -hmm. we really encourage people to reach out to us either through our social media or our email, like info at kzustate.com. Let us know who you want to see. Um, even the, the most outlandish things we'll look at, but comedians, live entertainment, um, we want to branch out and partner with, um, you know, we've worked on partnering with the Symphony and with Gilmore to really bring other types of entertainment mm -hmm. there and to really uh, broaden our, our uh, what we're providing to the community. But it's really about the community. Sure. You have a concert tonight. Uh, we do. We have Will Downing there mm -hmm. tonight. And um, opening up for him is Yancey who is actually from Michigan, um, has a big following here in Kalamazoo, and played in Will Downing's band for a while. He's a, a saxophonist and an amazing, amazing talent. Oh, that's great. Well, Harry Phillips, Director of Marketing and Development at the State Theater, downtown Kalamazoo. Congratulations. 90 years, over 90 years, and uh, the National Register of Historic Places. So now we get to, to have a state theater permanently in downtown Kalamazoo. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll be back. The Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo supports more than 200 artists and arts organizations in our community. They provide resources, assistance, and a place to connect, keeping our arts community strong and vibrant. Throughout the pandemic, they remained open, providing much-needed funding to help bridge the gap for artists who were shuttered from their livelihoods. 247 members were served, and $351,000 was granted back into the community. Working hard to provide meaningful programming, the Arts Council connected artists with over 82,000 community members through virtual art hops, concerts, and town halls. This impact was not possible without the generosity of supporters like you. Please consider a gift this holiday season to the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. You can go online at kalamazooarts.org donate to make your contribution. Support the Arts Council. Support the arts. Well, welcome back. Ho, ho, ho. It's Creative Cafe on this Saturday morning here on 590-106.9 FM, WKZO. Hello again, Kristen. How are you? I am uh, very well, thank you very much. Good morning. Oh, by the way, just this is, this is an on-air thing, but I'm going to let her know anyway. You can reach over and turn that thing off if you would like, because I'm, I'm thinking, hum. I hear a hum. Oh, do you It's hear a very a hum? gentle hum. Yes. Is that better? People will be calling in, what's that hum I'm hearing in my radio? Okay. The fan. The fan. All right. Now right. we're good. Good. Thank you. You're Our welcome. second guest this morning is Jessica Mallow Gully, and she is the executive director of the Kalamazoo Symphony Orchestra, and they turn 100, and I believe it's this week. It is this week. Good morning, Kristen, Jim. Thank you so much for having me on the show this morning. It is almost our actual birthday at the Kalamazoo Symphony. That's amazing. 100 years of the Kalamazoo Symphony Orchestra in Kalamazoo, Michigan. So what is your favorite morning beverage? Well, I have not had this morning beverage yet today, I will fully admit. But usually I'd like a nice Americano, little espresso, just jumpstart the day. Just enough caffeine, you know? Okay. <laughs> Good, yes. Ooh. Is there anything called just enough caffeine? Just, 
depends what time of I'm, day it is. I, I skew anybody who works in this building skews the spectrum because <laughs> <sighs> caffeine is like our fifth food group. Oh, well, there know, you there, go. So, but that sounds really good. Yeah. So the symphony. Uh, orchestra came into being a hundred years ago, and I I think that a lot of us know that story. But if you could tell us kind of how how we how we ended up with the symphony, well, it's funny you should ask that because we've just released a very special hundredth anniversary book. So me being relatively new to Kalamazoo, just in the last two years, I'm reading this wonderful book and so many stories about our history. But I love this one. We were founded by Lita Snow, an incredible, tenacious woman in 1921. And in early 1921, she had the idea to form the symphony when she was elected president of the Musical Society of Kalamazoo. And she had seen other symphonies in other cities popping up and decided that she wanted a symphony here in her hometown. So originally she you know, went over to Battle Creek and thought maybe a collaboration between Battle Creek musicians mm-hmm. and Kalamazoo musicians could make one symphony together. And quickly realized that the efforts were better focused here in Kalamazoo alone. Mm-hmm. Battle Creek already had a symphony from the late 1890s and she thought, you know, we'll just stick to Kalamazoo. But she really alone started those efforts of recruiting a whole orchestra and she would walk through the streets famously of Kalamazoo and listen for any poor soul practicing their instrument that day. And she would (laughs) knock on doors and say, hey, you want to join this great group we're putting together? But uh, that first concert in 1921 was on December 21st, so we were very close, and it only had about 25 musicians and I'll see if I get this right it was one cello three basses 10 violins one viola one flute and as they say an overabundance of clarinets and brass (laughs) so she would play the piano to fill in all the rest of the parts herself and you know she did the rest of it too you know she raised the $600 for the whole first year of the symphony she had the programs printed herself really took this effort on to get the symphony into being and here we are, you know, a hundred years later. But um, the last thing I'll say about it is she did go on to found the National League of American Orchestras in, I think, 1942. Mm-hmm. And that is a resource that connects all of the symphonies across the country today and was eventually adopted by Congress. That came out of her work here in Kalamazoo, too. Wow. that That is absolutely amazing. Again, a hundred years of a symphony in Kalamazoo. Uh, I kind of want to... Uh, Talk a little bit about the fact that after a hundred years, how do you stay relevant, right? So um, the symphonies are hundreds and hundreds of years old, so it's considered a traditional art form. (laughs) And the one here is a hundred years old this week. So um, this need to stay relevant in an ever-increasing age of digital media. So can you talk a little bit about the initiatives that the KSO has undertaken to do that? Absolutely. Well, you're asking the right question. And it's a similar question to what we're asking of our community. Because at 100 years old, we can't believe that we serve the community in exactly the same way that we did 100 years ago. And I don't think that Kalamazoo needs us to be the exact same symphony that we were 100 years ago. The needs of our community have really changed. And in order to stay relevant, we need to know what the city needs from us. And we've addressed that in a lot of ways over the past years, and I know there's more ways to come. Um, Some of our favorite things in this digital age are, you know, uh, for example, last year in COVID, bringing symphony concerts online. We can't do it all the time, 
But when we can do it, it is a very special new way to engage with our art form. Beautifully done and produced symphony works have a whole new life and a whole new meaning. Or things like films with orchestra. How many people uh, listening saw Star Wars with the symphony when we presented the live films You know, yes. a couple of years ago? Films with orchestra are here to stay. And in a lot of ways, film music is modern classical music. Things that we all know and love that are coming from those same symphonic players that we you know, love love to work with. Um, other things that we do that help us stay relevant in our community and reach as many people as we can through music educational opportunities. Something you don't always hear about with the KSO, but we work with about 30,000 students in our community every year on all kinds of musical education type initiatives from the Instrument Petting Zoo when we're able to bring that around to dozens of schools every year, you know, 600 students a week from, you know, Head Start programs that are getting a preschool level music together class with Crescendo in the KSO or our after school programs. You know, we put instruments directly in the hands of hundreds of kids a week just to bring you know, music into their lives <laughs> in sure. a way that supplements what they get at school. But there are so many things and more that we need to bring music to people directly, not just having them you know, join us downtown in the concert hall anymore. We need to be in neighborhoods mm -hmm. and bakeries and senior living facilities. We're doing that work, and I, oh, yeah. I look forward to more. Yes, I, I can remember the petting zoo at one of the art hops, and, and actually it was not just for the kids we got to. This was obviously pre-COVID, but we got to play with the instruments, yeah. and <laughs> having had played an instrument in my distant past, thought, oh, I'm going to pick this thing up again, and it was <laughs> a little nostalgic and kind of fun, so... Hopefully, you'll be able to bring those things back. We will. We're looking forward to it. Good. COVID, you know, we had to reimagine some things, as everybody did. But what we know is that 100 years old, we're stronger than ever, and we're really looking forward to a bright, new, reimagined future. Yes. So why do you think it is still important? Because these are great initiatives, but why is it still important for us to perform and enjoy classical music? Well, that's really a great question, and both because classical music in its own way is so experiential. You have an army of incredibly dedicated and talented professional musicians bringing to light an entire vibrancy of sounds that you are never going to hear in another place. And classical music spans so many generations and decades that every piece has something very special about it. But when you close your eyes and you listen to a classical piece, it really mm -hmm. does take you somewhere else. Different than when you're watching a Netflix show or you're watching something on your phone or even listening to music on your phone. Mm -hmm. Classical or symphonic music has so many layers of sound that you really have to experience that in person to feel that connection to that music. And it's different than any other kind of music you will ever listen to. And in a way, it has evolved over the ages as have we. But it, it means just as much to patrons today. It's a community organization, but making world-class, incredible music here in Kalamazoo. And you have a great season. We have an amazing up. season. Yes. And you have a concert in just a couple of hours here. <laughs> well, we do, and we hope many of you listening today will still join us for our annual Sounds of the Season tradition. Mm -hmm. We're on at 3 o'clock at Chenery Auditorium, and we may even have a special visitor from the North Pole joining us with our maestro uh, today. <laughs> all right. Well, I can't wait for that. What other uh, great things can we 
see this year with the symphony? Well, we have a great concert on January 22nd featuring two gold medal winners from the Stuhlberg competition. So they actually are going to play together on the concert, which has never happened in our history of working with the Stuhlberg competition. Uh, We have E.T. Film with Orchestra to look forward to in February. So I hope... Everybody will come out for this really incredible family movie, um, an abundance of great musical classics. But I have to say, one of my favorites is going to be on June 4th. We are going to do a very special uh, Brahms Violin Concerto with James Ennis, one of the best violinists in the world, and the world premiere of one of the last works that Andre Previn wrote before he passed. So, Oh, that's fantastic. Yes. Well, 100 years, congratulations. Speaking with Jessica Malogulli, the Kalamazoo Symphony Orchestra. You have a concert today at 3 o'clock, Sounds of the Season. That's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful Saturday. We'll see you later, and happy holidays. I had someone give me a suggestion one time for a movie for you guys to do. And I said, I'm not sure Jaws fits into that but oh, they would wow. they would just want to hear the kso do the mm, and i'm like i'll pass it along you okay. know i i fully hear that Gosh, there, there's yeah. something there i think you know you fantastic. never know but i i was fortunate to be a part of the, the star wars uh ones and you know when you sit in the theater and you listen it's a totally different experience when you sit and have the KSO waff over you. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah, it's, it's a just, physical It gets experience. very intense, mm-hmm. you know? And you almost lose track of the movies, the movie because you're like, wow, yeah. this is so cool. <laughs> we, we have, and I mentioned this to Kristen too, our arts community, but the KSO is an orchestra that demonstrates or would belong to a town bigger than Kalamazoo. Mm-hmm. It, right. it really, it's, it's a Chicago Type of size, mm-hmm. you know, that's the type of size of city that's you would right. expect a, a KSO. It's Just an incredible amazing. symphony. It they're, is so cool. They're clean. amazing. We are very lucky in this city to have this great group. Yeah. And happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> that's <Jim>. very cool. <laughs> so we're going to take next uh, Saturday off because yes, it is are. Christmas. Yes. And then we're going to ring in the new year again. So we will. We'll have, have a little retrospective in the new year. There you go. So mm-hmm. very, very Merry Christmas to you both. And thank you. And we will we'll see you next year. Yes, you will see you next year. <laughs> <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> thank you for joining us on Creative Cafe, a presentation of the Arts Council of Greater Kalamazoo. Join us each and every Saturday after 8 a.m. for a visit to the Creative Cafe.